Stephen Meyer is the author of this investigative piece in McLean's and uh, also an author of a couple of books that he's managed to uh, squeeze in in his spare time. And uh, quite a scoop it is. And he joins us now. And uh, Stephen, you take us through this very thorough and detailed look into um, the Nova Scotia killer's violent history. And it just it, it's actually just astounding how many red flags there seem to have been for the RCMP that would not have triggered them to the fact that this guy was dangerous and, and had amassed a cache of illegal guns a replica cop car, uniform, apparent connections to crime, and, and witnesses that had gone to the RCMP, you know, telling about these signs and yet eh, kind of didn't act on it. Yes, uh, and the RCMP have uh, struggled to explain all of these things. Um, and, and that's sort of where we are. The, the, uh, the, the provincial and federal governments have both said that there will be an inquiry. Uh, and it may be that only an inquiry will can get to the bottom of this because it's the RCMP appear to be in a difficult position um, in that the people who are responsible for answering questions about this are also the people who are responsible for the events the questions are about. Um, and one possibility here that would, would make the whole thing even harder for them to explain is the possibility that this mass killer uh, was an RCMP informant. We don't yeah. know that, but uh, senior law enforcement people, biker cops, are saying that the details that we've unearthed raise the question. How does it raise the question, though? Because he went on the math, mass spree, and there are there are there are examples that you cite in this. You know, even from his own father, who he he beat up and threatened then to kill, and he they, you know the father had gone to the police a decade ago. He had assault convictions back in two thousand two, and you know, so more red flags. But I, I don't understand the twist that he could have been a police informant, but then he goes on the mass spree. Well, the, the theory is that if he was a police informant, police sometimes put the squeeze on their snitches, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. they, 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 these people find themselves in a very awkward position being caught between organized crime uh, and their uh, handlers in a police force. Mm -hmm. And uh, so in this case, we know that he was close to uh that that we have learned that that he was known to party with hell's angels and uh he was close with his neighbor uh who was a former cartel um, um guy i guess I, I don't know what do you say a gunman he was he was uh convicted of firearms and cocaine uh in edmonton um this is not proven we don't know this but it would explain a lot it would explain why they didn't act about his earlier complaints because they didn't want to lose an asset who was right. giving them intel. And if there was a conflict, it might explain uh, why he went on this rampage that appears to have been designed to humiliate uh, the RCMP and create enormous problems for the RCMP. Well, sure. And, and in this piece, you go very, very thoroughly through the the timeline of, of the start of the attack, you know, when the first call came in at 10.01 to the RCMP, um, and yet 
time and time and time again, you've got all these multiple crime scenes, you've got five burning houses, you've got, you know, all these things happening. And there doesn't ever seem to be an urgency for them to act or even enter the scene, even though there were reports that there were a lot of children that were, were involved. Yes. And that's a sort of separate question in a way is how they managed uh, that night and the next morning. Um, and we don't know the, the, some people have said, well, they, they might've been, uh, waiting for his handlers to try to, uh, contact him. That's all speculation. So I, I, I'm, I don't want to give listeners the impression that we know that he was a confidential informant. Right. Um, because he may not have been, but the, the, uh, it seemed to us that it was necessary to put this question out in public because if he was, then the uh, the RCMP is in an extremely difficult position where they may be, in fact, prevented by law from coming clean about that. The, the legal status of confidential informant investigations is... Um, uh, a complicated and fraught sort of thing, uh, and the um, privilege that uh, is attached to it carries on after death, even. Sure. So, so the the uh, if that were the case, then we'd have a very strange and difficult position for the RCMP. Well, there's no question, you know, they've been able to kind of hide behind the pandemic, which has taken all the attention off of them. Uh, they can hide behind, you know, uh, the investigative part of this. And so it buys them time. But there's no question. There are a huge amount of questions that you raise in the piece, like like the basics of why didn't they warn the public? I mean, they had hours and hours and hours, but no one warned the public, uh, which has come in uh, to question a number of times because his common law spouse, I mean, who was hiding in the woods, he was the one he was, you know, she was the one he was hunting. She she had told the cops about him and a witness had told them there's a guy driving around an RCMP car who just shot me. So they're there again, yet they didn't report the public and they could have, I think people will say they could have saved lives. And I think that is at the root of a number of lawsuits that have come forward. But the question, did their inaction to warn the public cost lives and create this, the worst killing in Canadian history? I'm from originally from uh, Truro. Uh, which is the the nearest uh, town with a movie theater and a mall yeah. and you know a regional service district uh, where the hospital is and so on. Uh, to get from Portapique, where the events happened, to Dartmouth, where uh, uh, his other the killer's other residence was, there is a natural bottleneck at the head of Bay of uh, of the Bay of Fundy, Fundy, in order to get uh, from. Um, Portapique to the city there's only two ways to cross the highway there and the RCMP did not ask the Truro Police Department to set up roadblocks there mm -hmm. they did not take steps that would seem to someone like me not a smart police officer <laughs> but you would look at it and you would think well why didn't they bottle them in why didn't they shut that down uh, why did two RCMP officers shoot up uh, the fire hall in Onslow, um, you know, they, just by the, the a bit of good luck that they didn't kill some volunteer firefighters there. Um, the, there are many elements here uh, where you have to think that the, the, 
this was a disaster for the RCMP. And certainly, I mean, cost Heidi Stenson, uh, the constable, uh, her life. You know, it's interesting detail that you give about not having the push bar, which is a is that heavy metal piece in the front of a bumper that you see on a cop car generally uh, that would have protected her when he crashed into her because uh, he had one. Uh, he, he was prepared enough that he had one. Her bag didn't even go off. So I don't know how long you think this investigation will go. There are calls for inquiries and inquests, but those things always take forever, as you know, and you very often don't get you know, what you need out of them in a timely manner. But how long do you think this investigation is going to go on before they actually have to, uh, you know, start laying this out? Well, the, the police sources, cynical police sources say that the RCMP are, are able to, uh, they're trying to shut down avenues of public inquiry. Sure. Uh, and, you know, you, you've been around the business for a while. When there's an ongoing investigation, police can say, Mm-hmm. We can't answer your questions because we've got an ongoing investigation. In this case, the ongoing investigation is to try to find out, apparently, how he got the illegal guns that he used yeah. in this crime. Um, so, um, you know, will they uh, ever close that investigation? Uh, will will there be a public inquiry? One of the issues here is that the uh, Attorney General in Nova Scotia is Staff Sergeant Mike uh, Mark Fury, a former yeah. uh, RCMP officer, and people, longtime wa- uh, observers of the RCMP, suggest that there's sometimes a, a political network uh, of former Mounties who act to defend the Buffalo, as they say. The Shield of Blue, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, your piece raises so many red flags, it's impossible uh, not to demand that the, uh, you know, the questions be answered. But nonetheless, uh, terrific work by you. Uh, It is in McLean's this weekend. I thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Take care.